show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer episode 83. It's me, Russ the Faceville, and I am joined by a very special guest today of former podcast fame and one of my best mates, Dan Slan Heelan. Yo, yo, yo. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> It's been a while since we've heard a yo-yo-yo across the podcast can, airwaves. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't said that for a while either. It sounds really weird now, after 10 years of talking about it. But uh, Al- yeah. Almost sounds <laughs> yeah, a little bit like contrived and like it does, yeah. juvenile. Like, and... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's because you're like, it's just like mega on. professional now, you see. So. Well, that's it. I did, uh, I did just start my own business podcast, actually, and... Uh, surprisingly i didn't start it with yo-yo-yo yeah. so. <laughs> i think you should have done maybe that guy yeah. going hey i know that yo-yo-yo where's that from yeah somebody like... did ask me actually linkedin they said did you use the same outro music you used the last 10 years i was like do you know what i was so close but it didn't yeah. quite fit <laughs> a little bit of uh chin up or whatever it was you know. yeah that's it that's <laughs> awesome somewhere yeah um so uh probably just worth talking about it because obviously I've been around the block a bit and some other people have been around the scene a long time, but some people are quite new. So maybe just introduce yourself and give people a little bit of a background about why I'm talking to you. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, sure. I suppose uh, the main thing is that we're talking because you and I and uh, Wayne Wayne Kemp uh, run the South Coast GT, uh, which is the we used to be back in its heyday, uh, 2000, that'd be nice, 200-player tournament in the south of England. Uh, and it's still got capacity for that. It's just with AOS. I'm not sure there's uh, – in the UK, we've seen 200 players yet of AOS, but, um, you know, it still does, still does very well. Um, and as a result, over the years, you know, we did that. And off the back of that, you know, I've been playing tournament Warhammer since ni- the, ni- the late 90s um, and, you know, was, was reasonably – successful for a while um aos not so much although there's a few trophies i'm looking at but uh, i've certainly been quiet on the competitive front for a few years now so um yeah i played i think played one event last year maybe i've got i'll probably do two this year so um yeah take taking a nice quiet backseat from competitive but um if, if anybody's heard of the etc um i played there for a few years and um Played, yeah, just been playing competitive Warhammer. You and I used to do 13, 14 events a year, so I uh, used to play a lot. Yeah, of and the rest. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we <laughs> got um, it to eighteen one year. So yeah, yeah. So no, it's been uh, it, was, it was good times. So and and I must say as well, like you never lose the you never lose the passion for. It, I don't think. I mean, I I'd still love to do it. It's purely for me, uh, work life and time balance at the moment. But I still yeah. love the hobby, and um, that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, you can take uh, a break from either the competitive or from the painting or sometimes people take complete breaks don't they most people do at some point during their life but you never lose the i don't think you ever lose the, the bug so i don't think yeah, yeah i think once it's in you it's in you oh. which sounds really insidious but it's like you know it is is that kind of thing isn't it that once you've had that that seed planted from from the gw and you've got that hobby that wargaming hobby i don't think you ever stop doing it really no there's always something as well that you fancy doing even if it's like like now actually where um i've not been playing as much competitive aos i still still play aos quite often but then i've been back into my necromunda which is what i've got my painting table in front of me at the moment and um you know i still read the 40k bits from white dwarf and think oh you know i've had more time i quite like that um not to mention at the club they tend to play a lot of war cry uh, and some of these other games that are out so yeah. there's always an opportunity to do it and that's before you 
before you even talk about non-games workshop miniature games there's just yeah loads of stuff and, and of course lord of the rings which i, I played a gt at years ago so you know it's another one but yeah you never you never lose it so you you play down the down the local club don't you in the area that's kind of where your hobby resides at the moment as you say so whereabouts are those yeah. based just so people in the area might, might want to know i mean yeah give so them a plug. Yeah, I mean, our actual club is um, the Pompey Pirates, which, again, I think I am the oldest member now, but, yeah, it was myself and Wayne have, have been part of that club since the since 1998, I think, and uh, it's obviously changed over in terms of the people that are there, but that's in Waterlooville in Hampshire, um, mm. which is around the corner, where well, it is really the same area as the South Coast GT. Um, yep. And I know like, last year, so I tend to play down there, and we play lots of lots of game systems down there. Uh, mainly, I mean, it's all Games Workshop near, near enough. There's a bit of ancients. Well, that used to be Games Workshop. Uh, but... Yeah, we still we still play down there, and then you know we've, we're lucky because we've got the South Coast. Okay, I can't play on that, but we also the club runs the Portsmouth Pillage, which I've just announced actually for the eighth and ninth of August, I think this year, and that's a multi-system one, so you can play forty k yeah. Ancients and AOS. I love that like they still play Ancients there. The four the four yeah, guys on sign their eight up by four. for that. Yeah. Oh yeah, eight yeah, by four, isn't it? Yeah. Ten, twelve people on eight by fours. Yeah, oh really? Yeah, it looks, wow. it looks, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's a, I think there's a very, it's very tight knit. It's a bit like, I suppose some people still, I mean, I say some people, there's a reasonable amount of people playing the, the, this ninth age version, isn't there? So did you see that some people play sixth edition? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It wouldn't it's weird. Isn't it? I remember, yeah. I remember going to Adepticon and people were still playing. T- um, there was like a demo game of, I think it was second or third edition Warhammer. It was brilliant. It had all those empire halberdier plastics that used to, used to oh, get yeah. the one pose one. And you know those and the original steam tanks and the original knights just looked awesome, um, but yeah, but yeah, people people play. It. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my Warhammer library in front of me, and I've still got most of the stuff from about fourth edition onwards, um, yeah. so I can still technically do it. Um, yeah, I've still just, got all my raw books, but I'm like they take up so much room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with AOS, I, I've now gone digital because um, I the rate at which they're releasing books and replacing them means that that I just run that space. I don't bother anymore. But I, I really like the the ability to look back on some of these older books. AOS is kind of on another uh, spectrum of speed in terms of how quickly stuff is getting changed and revealed and updated. I mean, I went to Blood and Glory in November, and I think two, the more tribes and Bone Reapers come out on that weekend. Uh-huh. And then literally, like, Slaves to Darkness come out, and Zinch and Quadron have come out, and it's only been two months, and there's been five books. And yeah. it's just trying to keep up with the um, the kind of the relentless schedule of releases it's crazy. Like, I mean, we we were trying to do book shows, but just it's just impossible for us to keep up with it with our full time jobs and lives and everything. It's uh, I mean, it's a good thing in a way. I remember the days when Wood Elf players were waiting eleven years for a new book, you know. But <laughs> totally now it's people are like, oh yeah, this well the the Cradron book's really old, and it's like it's two years old. It's not it's not really old. Yeah. It's always eighteen months old. That's not really old, yeah. and you've just got no, a new no. one. It's like, you know, let's get it in perspective here. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm looking but, at, uh, I look at my shelf now. Fire layers. Uh, yeah, sorry, mate, carry on. We no, got go on. out there. I was going to say, I'm looking at my, um, my, my shelf at the moment, and I've got what feels to me like relatively new books that I've barely touched. But I've got Fire Slayers, Skaven Pestilence, Flesh Eater Courts, uh, Bone Splitters. Uh, uh, what else? I've got two Stormcast Eternal books, like Zinch. Caradron blades—they're all been replaced. Yeah. <laughs> they're all—they're all the old ones. Um, there's an old Sylvan F book on there actually as well. Yeah, like literally three quarters of the shelf have been replaced, and you think well, it only feels like it's been out. Well, it's only, I think it has only been out. 2015 was the release of AOS, wasn't it? It'll yeah, be it five years right. in June. Mm. Yeah, and we've already no, had the second edition. Mm. So it's yeah, like you case. think like 
That's crazy. Yeah. I remember like Warhammer, yeah. the old edition, was that eight years, six, seven years per edition? So that's the interesting thing, I think, about competitive um, AOS at the moment. If you're into it, it's got to be brilliant. I mean, it might not be great for your wallet, but uh, you uh, you know, you think we'd go through periods of six to six months to 18 months of playing the same sort of stuff that was dominating until it was up to the tournament organisers to effectively comp that. I mean, comp sounds funny. There's maybe players listening to us now probably don't, never heard the word comp, but, you know, uh, restrictions that organisers used to put on events to force a change in the meta or force something that was broken. Now, well, we used to do it for South Coast, didn't we? Yeah, we would, yeah, we yeah. would, we would go through and go. Oh, let's comp this, comp that. Oh, well, how are we going to deal with this? Or let's put this rule in. And you had like the the max special, no duplicate rare, and all this, and percentages, and and this unit can't be bigger than this. And then there was that that system that someone came up with where you got so many negatives and plus points of your army depending mm-hmm. what you put in it. And it just like a Swedish comp. That was what it's called, wasn't it? Swedish comp. And yeah, and that different... used to be in the nineties or early. 2000s it was a wps system that was the yeah. basis of that as well so yeah you see them over the time um but now like, yeah, TOs no, just it, run it out the book don't they just go run the event yeah turn up just just come and play warhammer um and then you know I, it's funny today i was watching on twitter some of the reactions to heat one that we've just had and uh there's a lot of moaning about the new one of the new books and it's like really it'll get if, if there's a problem it'll be faq'd in a couple of weeks and <laughs> yeah and i think nothing to see here I think as well, like, I've seen a few people I know that have, they've basically spent the weekend building the entire Zinch army. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But for me, like the I one of the, the things about top-end competitive play that kind of puts me off a little bit at the moment is it, you're getting a little bit like rock, paper, scissors, where it's like the new new hotness, and then you need almost a counter to the hotness, and then you almost change an army every other month. And it's like to stay oh. on top of that... You have to compromise things like your wallet, but also yeah. your um, paint scheme and your hobby because you go, yeah. well, I need to get on the table. I can't I can't take six weeks to paint this because by the time I get on the table and start playing events, it's going to be invalidated by X or Y or Z. It's not quite as bad as that, but it feels like that sometimes. Um, yeah, if you look at that top 5%, you're right. It, it, yeah. yeah. And I think like, like I've got an OBR army and I've played one event with it with the Cardiff last weekend and then this weekend i i watched steve curtis playing joe mcgoff on the stream and watched the change host delete his army in two turns and i'm thinking well is that going to be my future now when i go to an event with my obr that i get someone lines up change host and i just like oh i'll shake your hand then you know but i mean mm. i don't think it's as bad as that but it, it almost feels like that yeah um yeah. so it's interesting isn't it because it depends where you sit i mean if you sit because this has been the interesting change for me of not worrying about competing for podiums you know now i'm going away because i'm doing one or two going away for the weekend for the weekend away yes uh you never lose the competitive streak i still want to win games um and like i did i i hadn't played i think i played about four games and i turned up to blood and glory won three games lost two which is the normal what i would call the normal performance if you if you're just playing and yeah. um like for me, you know, like if you just look back on your time and think, well, I haven't been playing, I would expect to win three games. And that was with a, an army that was effectively the same models from 2017. So, yeah. And I've done that a couple of times over the last couple of years. And but So it's possible but to do that kind of stuff still because that's the kind of game we're at. You know, there's a lot of micro decisions to be made. There's, you know, it's, in a, it's in a good place in that sense. But if you're in that top 5% bracket like you were talking about, you're right, it's a, it's a real headache, I think. Um, uh, if I was like now using your example if I was thinking oh, I'm going to come back and you know try and try and compete I'd be how would I get an army 
quick enough to get on the table for the right event timed at the right time between what's coming out you know what i mean like it's quite a quite a difficult thing isn't it to to do yeah and i could get it could be frustrating for people who want to be competitive but they they work on an army and then they they get to get on the table and then something comes out two weeks before and which feels like it invalidates the army that you've painted i mean you might better find other things to shore up against that i think i think as well the it's a bit of a misnomer because I think whenever a new book comes out, it has an it almost. If you think about the uh, the curve of people not understanding or knowing it or how to play against it, you almost get victories where you probably shouldn't, purely because of people don't yep. know what to do against it, and um, you get that new book syndrome. And I think you get a spike in victories, mm. especially with OBR deployments and that yeah. deployment shenanigans. Yeah, I've heard people complain about OBR. Oh, Petrofix, all this, and then they're like, they are strong, they're good, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you think, people, they're such a different army. It's a bit like the old vampire counts when they first came out, and they were they were almost invalidated, like as soon as demons and dark arts come out in seventh, but you were like, mm. which was only like a month apart, but they, you were thinking, wow, this book's just plays completely differently. And I watched Joe McGough play, and he completely dismantled the army in exactly the right order, where basically he went, kill the Harvester first. Then it was like, you know, take out the Discipline Point Generation, take out the Mortec guy. It was it was very, very calculated what he what he chose to attack. And and Steve's deployment was a little bit complacent with the ranges, where he could have had the Harvester out of range and the, if he deployed deeper. And it was almost like an inexperience of the Change Host Teleport Army. I'm not saying it, it would have been any other result, because Steve had some really bad dice as well. But I think it, it's those little margins that when you haven't played that matchup, you you make those mistakes. Mm. And and then after you've played the game, you go, I know what to expect now. I'm going to guard against it. I'm going to play against it. Um, and I think yep. any time a new book comes out that's strong and it people don't know what to do against it and they haven't built lists to deal with it, you get this spike of victory and it's a bit like the hallow heart you know tom took that to blood and glory and it's pretty ridiculous but then it's done mixed at, at like the team event it was kind of a mixed army unless you got it into exactly the right matchup because it's very matchup dependent yeah. um yeah but it's quite i think it's quite interesting like we haven't really seen slaves um in in a way and i think they've got some really strong lists in there yeah so and obviously they've announced at LVO the the Lumineff. Um uh-huh. so you know, they're gonna obviously throw another spanner in the works because yeah. they look like they're a quite a different looking army. Um uh-huh. so I don't know, it's uh the competitive play is a weird place because I I haven't really been playing um AOS, like I'm not like oh, I got to win this event. I want to win this event. I want a podium here, and I want to get this many ranking points. So I'm going to take this army because it's the best army. I kind of always have done. I'll take the army I like, and it was just the happenstance that Chaos had this, like the Warriors of Chaos book had like a heyday where mm. they were very strong, and that's what I like. And I had an army, and I yep. rode that for a long time. And I think mm. when AOS first came out, and there was the the kind of the shock to. Um, the game and you had that massive drop off and you had the the group of people that just kept playing through and then obviously we talk a little bit about the the south coast and and our comp pack and all of that before the general's handbook and then we we obviously were ahead of the curve a little bit and ahead of people's experience of the game and i i took my blood bound and i was doing really well with those and as people caught up in 
player skill and the game changed and things like that, more books come out, I kind of like, I wasn't trying to chase the meta. Um, I've never no. really been painting armies to be, oh, this is the best thing. I mean, luckily I had a Flesh Eater army. They come out, they were quite good, but I didn't play Gristle Gore, I played Bissa Skin, but did all right with those, you know, got a podium. Um, now they've kind yeah. of been balanced out a little bit and you know, I just, I don't know, I, I'm not really, I wouldn't call myself a meta chaser, but there are some people out there that basically change armies every other month. Yeah, and do you know what, that's, for some people that's their hobby and that's cool, like it's the thing they do, especially if you've got time to, I don't even think for some people it's the funds, it's just the time, the time to build and paint and get it on there in contrast obviously helps. But for me, and I know you're in this, with, uh, I'm sure you're on this with me because we, we think very similar on this, but um, the painting's always been a reasonably heavy part of the hobby for both of us. So it's a... Uh, for me, it's very difficult to think, oh, I just want to bash this army out and put it on the table because um, uh, there's only still, there's a line for me. <laughs> like a certain thing I just won't do. So I yeah. won't have it three three colour minimum for an event, you know, that kind of stuff. I might have it completely base coated, base properly washed, you know, but that's still mm-hmm. a, a particularly long standard table, isn't it, basically? So. Well, I think my um, I've compromised my paint quite a lot to get stuff on the table, but I've still got a minimum standard that I want to stick to. Um, which I oh. think a lot of other people would just like, oh no, I just, you know, I don't care about that. I just want it to be a you know, dry brush, you know, spray it gray and put some green on it and it's done, but, or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, my, my corn were done for speed because I wanted to play OS with a new army and then I was just looking at the models going, this is going to take me too long to paint these because I, I painted that warrior army before and I knew how long that took. Um, oh. almost broke me to be honest, painting that. So, um, yeah. But my OBI, I just dry brush with um, contrast, but there's a lot of love going into the assembly, the colour scheme choice, and they're, they're there to be highlighted up to, to um, what I would hope would be kind of competing for painting prizes, you know? So it's just because it, yeah, yeah. I've done them quickly to get them on the table, they still look decent, I, you know? Yeah, but again, there's a relative quickness. That's still a, yeah. a, 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 a certain standard, whereas, you know, you and I have witnessed over the years, but yeah. as tournament organisers and players, that some people don't have... Uh, a bottom standard you know it's like three colors minimum and some blobs will do you know that yeah. airbrush with you know uh, zenith all type you know sprayed from the top and then a couple of uh, glow effects type armies and stuff so um yeah it's that and yeah but for some people that's their hobby is not the the, the well the hobby as such is it it's just getting on the table competitive so that's fine um but yeah for me like the the changing meta would be a, a problem if i was playing competitively now because i'd still want to uh, you know, play with something that I was happy with pushing the models around the table. You know, because yeah. it ruins for me. It ruins the immersion slightly when you're just playing with junk. So, or, or actually, to a degree, borrowing. Like I still don't particularly like, uh, although I have done it um, quite a few times over the years, borrowing armies um, for that for that reason as well. I just like playing with my own stuff. But yeah, interesting place. I think we're at the minute. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, so. You've been obviously people who know you from back in the day. You've been a, an avid. Uh, Seraphon or Lizardman player, depending on which iteration oh. of Warhammer you're playing. Um, yeah. So you're you've you sort of seen obviously seen the new Seraphon reveal that from LVO. Oh. So I know you were talking about because um, you've got a Sylvaneth army as well, haven't you? That you've been playing with, yes. and that's your kind of your main yeah. AOS force. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the the, the Seraphon were interesting because obviously haven't played them. Uh, since they were originally made by Games Workshop in all the different iterations, so like in the cabinets next to me as we're talking, you know, I've got um, a completely different colour schemed army painted for my fifth edition force with the old metals, and the, mm. um, and then uh, you know I played them for all the different editions and effectively added to the army, and you know half of it's based squares 
it's still half, it's still based on rounds. And, but you mentioned actually about, just going back to something we talked about earlier, about player skill and meta. When the game switched, it was interesting, um, both geographically and um, people coming into the game that weren't as experienced in war games, because the skills yeah. were tr- quite translatable, weren't they? So yeah. I, mean, I went to, to America, to Adepticon, in the first two years they ran it there, yeah. and won best order in both years with really a pretty rubbish Seraphon list. Um, but the reason being is that people just hadn't, um, hadn't caught up yet. Um, but there, but obviously the new books went out. I think it'd be interesting. Um, I, I suppose we can't talk much about that yet because that was the that was the last one that I ever play tested. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that that coming out. So speaking really of um, uh, of sort of South Coast GT as an event and play testing and AOS and Wild West as it's affectionately known as, I think well, maybe we should um, touch on the event history. Um, so we we started originally. Probably good thing to start with why we started running south coast in the in the happenstance in the beginning now if i remember correctly um we were going to events and we were really keen and we were going to tournaments and we come away thinking didn't really agree with this element or this was cool but actually i didn't like the soft scores and how it was done here i didn't like this didn't like that and then when we um when when we basically said why don't we run our own and let's run the event that we want to play in yeah and I think yeah, that was I mean, the start, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I'll be completely honest. Uh, are we allowed? Uh, what, what are we allowed to like use harsh yeah, language on this? You show? can swear on the show. <laughs> Byron does a disclaimer Sorry. at the beginning, so you can say we yeah. were fucking fed up with yeah. it or whatever. You know, it's well, fine. Well, it wasn't that. I was just going to say, realistically, I was one of those dicks. Now that that I see on Twitter <laughs> or um, Facebook, <laughs> don't out me. Um, don't out me because no, you're going to tar me with this brush. But yeah, I was the same, I guess. But. Well, no, to the point where, you know, like, so the WPS was an existing thing at the time. The Warhammer Players Society did some phenomenal things for the scene and got them going in the UK. And they were independent, had quite a tight-knit group, and they liked to, to stamp their, their form of Warhammer on it. Going back to what we talked about earlier, you needed comp because the game was effectively, from an enjoyment level, unplayable at points in its own, uh, or certainly unplayable over if you were going to do a lot of events, if you were going to play the same thing, it just wouldn't work. Um, so people used to do it. And um, I was fairly vocal that I thought they were doing it wrong. Um, and I, you know, yeah. be that guy that have a pop at this or that, and then somebody would say, "Well, Al, if you like it, that if you're not happy, go run your own event." So, um, well, we did, didn't we? Yeah, I think <laughs> so we, we were did. all a little bit like, "This is fucking bullshit!" Like, <laughs> "What the fuck are you doing that?" And this yeah. is how it should be done. And I think yeah. um, it's funny because I draw parallels with some of the people that have come into AOS. Um, yeah. and they come in and they're like guns blazing is probably the analogy I want to use. You know, like they're like, oh, no, I'm gonna fucking change everything. Don't, why are we yeah. doing it this way? Surely it's this way. Surely this should be done. Pow, pow, pow. And it's like, and then I'm like, oh, I remember doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, it doesn't. Just, just don't fuck with my thing. Um, no, uh, yeah, and we just decided, do you know, what? let's just run our own event then, and let's just make it the yeah. biggest, best, you know, most competitive event that can be. Um, yeah, we were always quite keen on as close to the out-of-box Warhammer as could be done. But we also recognised that, because I think that was part of the problem at the time, is it was deviating far from the more competitive style uh, that you and I liked, I think. And and Wayne, I mean, Wayne, who runs it with us, was always uh, more of a hobby hobby gamer from the sense of his enjoyment of the game. But he also liked, he was also pro-choice, you know, um, pro-life and, yeah. and all the rest of it and i think <laughs> yeah 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 and um uh, as a result i think it worked out all three of us had the same sort of opinion in that we wanted it to be as close to the game as it could be whilst maintaining some sort of balance and I use balance really roughly because we all know how difficult that is but 
are imposed balance, I suppose, I suppose on it. And it was always take the top off, and if you want to play a week, but that's up to you, kind of thing, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, like we're not going to be added because you go to tournaments. I mean, this will sound funny for anybody who's playing AOS and AOS now. They'd just be like, "This sounds crazy," but people would literally change the rules and the points values and stuff of the weaker books at some events, wouldn't they? Or they'd allow you to take three thousand points of some really bad. Yeah. Everyone else had two, and uh, but we weren't really down with that. It wasn't something we did. So. No, I think we we went. Let's not have let's have let's award painting, let's award sportsmanship, but let's not have points for doing it. Let's run match play with the scenario pitch battle. Mm. Let's have a layer of comp to take the top off and then just go for that. Let's have six rounds to try and get to a true winner mm. and then have at it. That was kind of our attitude, wasn't it? Yeah. And and you know, we That's it. And and that actually and it deviated a little bit because Sorry, yeah, carry on. I was saying, actually, you know, I think the first year we had 60-odd players. Uh, I think it was actually... Or was it 80? Yeah, it was about 80-something, I think. Uh, it, was, I f- it was like the, it was big. It was big, yeah. And I think in our heyday, we had over two... We were selling 200-plus tickets in like, 30, like one minute and a half from ticket sales going up. Oh, it was, it was a joke. Like They were sold out within the click. And um, it was funny because, again, back forums were a thing. Uh, you know, the amount of abuse I used to get about uh, ticket allocation. I mean, that was where we were at, to the point where we used to get abuse for how we allocated tickets um, with, t- uh, you know, my timestamp was uh, zero, zero, 004 of a second and his was, you know, five. How did he get a ticket and this kind of stuff? Because it was that popular, which is great because I think there was a genuine uh, want to play that kind of warhammer. So, you know, like I say, if you build it and people like it, they, they will attend, won't they? Yeah, and we, we, built the, we built the event up over old edition warhammer and, and obviously we had support from the international scene etc players coming over you know um people from poland sweden america you know from all over the point hammered guys one of my best south coasts was when um johnny and uh, rog come over um and and played in the event and that was awesome seeing their armies and and just hanging out with those guys that i listened to on point hammered yeah you know coming all the way over from the states to play at our event it was just so flattering you know, we've had Alex Gonzalez, who, who's involved in the Adepticon. I think he's just got a, a Warhammer Hero announcement. So, congrats! Oh, um, but you know, we've had we've had a lot of international people come over to our event based on obviously you were running Healing Hammer podcast, and we were talking about it on there, and it was mentioned on Bad Dice and oh. Black Sun, and it was sort of seen as the premier UK event. And I think um, you know, it, it it's it's strange, isn't it? Because you we put a lot of love and, and that into it and we kind of we've kind of kept it very much the same and oh. um other people have and this is always our hope because obviously we like playing tournaments so when we run the event our kind of wish was that other people come to the event have a great time and go you know what? i'm going to run an event and i'm going to base it on what you guys are doing i mean even had events using our rules pack like they just yeah. said oh we're going to play south coast comp yeah i mean years ago they didn't they it was always like yeah yeah, yeah. And the, the, the interesting was actually, I mean, that in, in the heyday, it was great. It was a big event. Uh, it really, you know, it had that fantastic feeling to it. And um, we were at a time as well in the UK, particularly, where we had, we were lucky we had a firm called Maelstrom Games who had a gaming centre. This was before Element were around, I think. Um, and they used to run a lot of events. So people used to go to those. And a lot of independence, because in, in the 90s, Games Workshop used to run a, a tournament. Um, and apart from that, it was pretty much. Uh, that and into the early 2000s was all independence um and then as the, the gaming center started appearing the maelstroms the um firestorms the elements 
you you found more and more of the events were on there and the independence started to drop off really but um you know we had big ones we used to have the mersey meltdown and some of these other big uh big ticket events and they they all stopped uh the sheffield slaughter is the longest surviving one i think yeah i was about to say about the slaughter because that's been like a a staple throughout the years hasn't it and uh still in the same place and you can kind of almost go oh it needs a bit of a you know it's kind of that that old sports leisure club place and you kind of think and you stay in the shitty travel lodge up the road and you think oh it could kind of neat but it is just still great you know because it's well, you, it's get, you know about you know the people in it the crowd and the yeah that's it and it's got it's got its own charm to it it's one of the reasons i was trying to do it where i can but it's um yeah and that was the thing and uh, aos has got to point now games workshop won a lot of events uh element of uh and firestorm so it's games that still run a lot of events and the independence are slightly less but we're seeing more of them reappear now which is great i saw a new one I hadn't seen on Twitter the other day. Um, and what you do is you get a new flux of TOs running their own their own versions of, of it. Um, but I think where the, how the game is built these days is so much easier entry level for TOs coming in to attract people to their events. So it's it's good to see, I think. Yeah, um, it's great. I mean, you don't have to rewrite the rules to play the game competitively. So it's it's fantastic, really. For me, the best, um, the the oddly one of the best years was so as you'd imagine, we'd gone from a two hundred player sellout for multiple years to the change from uh, old Warhammer to AOS, um, and we played the UK's biggest event in the November, which was Blood and Glory, which was twenty one players, wasn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> in the change, and we were thinking, wow, like what what we're we going to get? And actually, I think we got sixty or seventy. Yeah, we got a decent table. amount. Yeah. Um, because it is, it yeah. was kind of like, um, you know, I know I don't want to sound too too arrogant about it, but I think that you had the the Clash of Swords, which was kind of like the it was it was sort of announced before AOS dropped or whatever, and it was kind of like the first event, and there was a lot of people signed up to that to give it a go, you know, and then um, there was the the comp pack that was written for that that you know I know that that Mo um, was involved in that and he reached out to a lot of our TOs, didn't he, about what uh. for advice. And I remember got some emails where we're going back and forth, like looking at his pack and giving him advice and feedback. Uh. And then that event ran and it was, it was, I think it was quite a lot of people, but it was Cardiff. It was the first yeah. one. People were just going for shits, you know, just see what it's like. And then, and then literally it just died a death, didn't it? It was just like, yeah, you go into Blood and Glory and only having like twenty odd people play an AOS, and you're just like, "Fuck me, this is this is bad." Because you know um, how I felt about it is is I'm like, I'm not ready for this to stop. You oh. know, I from the independent scene because back in the day, GW ran these heat system and the final, and and they only just started doing that again recently. But there was this massive period where there just weren't any official competitive events. Competitive play wasn't on Games Workshop's radar. They released the new version of Warhammer and basically said, we're not having any competitive rules or any pickup game rules. It's just, you just play with your collection and you push your stuff around. And it was like, um, it was like I was being attacked, you know, like my, I know it's, it's, it's not, it's just my own personal thing, but it's just that I was like, I love what I do. I love this community and it's been, it's, it's going to, it's going to fall to pieces, um, unless, you know, yeah, we do something and, um, and I did think at the time, and I was like, "Do do we do we do this?" And I just wasn't ready for it to stop. Um, no. And and I know that we we looked at the sort of the points. The big thing was the points, wasn't it? We had to we had to basically point everything in the game because they didn't have values. Yeah. And we used sort of a premise that that the sort of was discussed with Mo and that, and he had his 
20 point system i think it was or whatever it was and then we we basically went it's not enough splits in the points and we we did our own scenarios and i we did our own like we we sort of had like a story element to try and attract narrative and we pointed every war scroll in the game um and that was over 700 war scrolls and we've we were like sitting on skype for three days you know over the weekend what about this is this 100 points is this 80 points is this 120 points and we we did everything based on the minimum size of war scroll and we based everything on the stormcast points we said oh, well, five liberators are 100 go and that was our benchmark and everything was pointing against that um and that was that was an awful lot of work to get that competitive document out for the south oh, coast it was crazy and i think it was crazy, and I think um, players, there'll be maybe people listening to this who don't remember a time or have, didn't know that, you know, when the game came out, there was no point system. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember did a Games Workshop yeah. event, and this guy rocks up, and he's got what would now be seen as 4,000 points of, because um, it was, uh, there was no limit, so you could just bring what you wanted, whatever models you had, and he'd bring 4,000 points of Stormcast, and smash my 2,000 points of Lizardmen off the table, yeah. and uh, you'd be like, how 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 do you deal with this and you know some people did scramble didn't they to get it but yeah i remember that session actually uh like it was yesterday almost where yourself me yeah. terry pike sitting there till uh, early hours in the morning trying to get those going through because yeah. we did all the ones we knew didn't we and then we got to the ones that was like okay right who's good on uh goblins yeah <laughs> let's try and figure out what what that scroll means and exactly you know, yeah sit there and, read them all. and it was um i think we had some and I think as well, that first South Coast, when we had that 60-odd people, it felt, although it was a third of what we were used to, it felt like like a success. Yeah, it had a really good community feel. I mean, that was where we had the, uh, you know, we even had used the logo with, the, uh, you know, with the hammers, not the hammers of Sigmar, the, uh, the dude with the lantern, you know, only the faithful. And it was yeah. very much like a community-driven hashtag and everything else to, to get people to commit to coming. Um, you know, there was T-shirts, wasn't there? And I've yeah. still got mine somewhere. I mean, um, and it was just cool. It was just a really good community feel. I think and there was a lot of people. Yeah, and and we have to sort of give the shout out to Steve Foot with his like um, his sort of influence on the South Coast over the years as well, where he he's he's added a real narrative cool element to South Coast, where you know he's going coolest army. He's got themes. He's dressing up, and we we added a coolest army award, and he's helped with the logos and stuff. And and I think he really appreciated when we had a storyline written into the into the game. You know, we actually wrote wrote some background. So we tried to encourage um, lots of different hobbyists, and and we in the OS days we we kind of come up with our own storyline, didn't we as well? And we had some support from the man himself, Steve Foot, with some logo ideas. And I mean, one, Wayne wrote a story for one of the years as well, didn't he? So Yeah, I think we're trying to keep in line with that AOS theme, which we felt was, at the time, the audience that were coming into the game were more in that vein, weren't they? You know, we'd moved yeah. from an area where everyone wanted to play hardcore Warhammer tournament, Warhammer, to uh, don't know, people just enjoying the game for what it was in, this, in the Wild West, you know. Um, so, yeah, it made sense as a, as a fit. And as a result, we've... Uh, um, that for a few years we had, yeah, we had like a narrative name, didn't we, and everything else. So. Yeah, and I think um, we we tried to um, obviously keep AOS going competitively in the early days, and it's really grown, and obviously Games Workshop come along and got us involved in the General's Handbook um, and, you know, adopted the, the mantra of the faithful because we 
we stuck at it. <laughs> um, yeah. and that was, that was great to see that, that validation. I remember like when we went up to the, um, the first sort of weekend we did. And, uh, I remember saying to Jervis, um, just, just saying like, thanks for like, like, I feel like my holiday, my hobby is valid. Uh-huh. Um, because I've always been competitive gaming head on. Um, and I just said it, you know, when AOS came out, it was a little bit like a slap in the face and I almost just denied it. I was like, no, I'm not accepting this. Uh-huh. And, um, I said to like when obviously the, the match play sort of secret, secret was, we were involved in and we were, it, I just said it's just great that, you know, I don't, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm wanted by the, the people that make the game that I love, you know, it's kind of, well, sounds I think a bit it, silly, but it was just. No, it's true. And I, I really do think there was a, a thing with that. I mean, I remember sitting playing the game um, and it was after that tournament I, I spoke about earlier where I came back and some guy had all these storm casts and all this. And I thought, I can't, the hobby I've, you know, the tournament scene I've done at the time for maybe 15 years. Um, I was thinking, uh, uh, do I, uh, is there a future in this? You know, I've enjoyed it for that long. I just, I don't know. But you sort of, I don't know, you had a faith, didn't you? And that, that's yeah. why I think the faithful is apt as a name that we all had a bit that those guys have still put out content and continue to try and create these things when, when it was through that in that wild west period had a faith that games workshop would see uh, the need for what they eventually did and they did and you know credit to them i think they've done a fantastic job of it and uh, what they do and how they engage with the community and everything else is now it's just incredible when you look back at it you know and i remember you you talk about james i remember i wrote every year for about seven years to games workshop asking for an interview and wouldn't even get a response. Eventually, Jervis responded to me and said, yeah, God, look, can't do it. Um, and then, yeah. you know, we suddenly got that magical call to, you know, we want you to come up and talk to us about something we're working on. And then, um, you know, now getting interaction with Games Workshop, if you if you create good content for them and support the hobby, is very straightforward and and, and fantastic, isn't it? So, Yeah, and point. I think, you know, I think uh, if only I was uh, 10 years younger, but, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the... Um, I, f- I think it's great. I mean, where the game is right now and where um, obviously GW are sort of releasing loads more stuff, they're engaging, it's it's just it's just fantastic. And AOS is just exploding. You can see it in the share price, you know, of Edifid, if that, you know, they're, they're doing really well. And I love the fact supporting a company that, you know, has been a big part of my life since I was a kid, basically. I mean, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's a great hobby, I think. And um, it's, uh, yeah, great. And it was nice to be almost like recognised and, have a very small input in in that in in some way, shape, or form. Not trying to say that you know we're instrumental behind it, but it's just it was nice to be included and be involved and able to build the uh, sort of the AOS in the early days and and where it is now. We almost feel like we're left behind a little bit, <laughs> but, oh. um, but it's great. I mean, like seeing all the new TOs. I mean, like Steve Curtis is fairly new on the scene. He started running his events and. Um, you know, Mark Wilson run stuff, and you've got the Just Play guys, and and that. they've got their own venue, and they've been running running events as well. Like, unfortunately, not been able to get up to that. It's Liverpool neck of the woods, but it's uh, you know, I mean, there's lots and there's lots of other people I haven't mentioned that are running events, not just in the UK, but you know, you've got like massive events like CanCon and LVO and Adepticon, and and all over the all over the world. Uh, even ETC having AOS in it last year, and now this year, I think the team number of teams has over doubled. So it's just it's just exploding, and I'm actually going to Belgium to um, the Hammer and Bolter event over in Belgium next week. So looking forward to that. That'll be an experience. 
it really has regrown back again, hasn't it, over the it, over the years? Um, and actually, it used to do it to a degree. I mean, if uh, you would have remembered it, um, whether yeah. many of the listeners will, the seventh to eighth change, for example, yeah, yeah. where it destroyed like the Australian oh, community, the, the war yeah. machine era. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, it very much was, and you know, the Australian community was absolutely devastated by it. And then you look yeah. at CanCon just gone this weekend, and you just can't comprehend that that those two things occurred. But the community does survive because the hobby's great. Yeah. yeah, I remember it was it was great at the ETC seeing Actar, oh. just going over and seeing like the old guys that are part of the the sort of the old um, Eighth Edition events, and uh, yeah, you know you got um, a lot of the the original history, of the rankings with you know, Andrew Galea and that, and going over to War Machine, and, and then obviously like uh, Ben Curry picking up the the rankings for the and running the Masters all the way through, and so it's really good stuff for the community, and I think. I think that's the good thing about um, the hobby is that it, it, you know, there's room for everyone to to do things and contribute. And um, I think with the South Coast, we we always wanted it to be an event that was good for new players, but has its own charm. It's almost like got to the point now when it was new and, and exciting and big, and now it's kind of like a stapled old event that people go, oh yeah, but you know, it's it's a classic event, and you kind of think, yeah, but we we built that, you know, that's. Well, we still get people every year that only play the South Coast. They don't play AOS yeah. competitively at all, and they still come. Uh, you know, and we're still lucky to have over 100 players every year, and, you know, it's, it's great, isn't it, really? And again, I'd, I'd expect similar levels of players uh, this year. Obviously, we've gone back to our roots a little bit and tweaked for the audience, so we're going back to five games, aren't we? Which um, Yeah, I think when we had six rounds, it was almost a deterrent for some, and um, pretty much every single AOS event in, in the country is a five-game event, so it's like, well we don't need to um you know we don't need to force people to to get back at a stupid clock at night if they want to come from up north and and yeah. you know we can still we can still get a worthy winner you know yeah and, uh, i mean bearing in mind at 200 players i mean that uh, we used to get so much it was such a competitive event that people used to give a stick about only running six and not seven so yeah like yeah. there's no way we could have done it i mean the first year it was five because you know we didn't we didn't know how many people were going to expect and didn't need the sixth game and actually uh, i think with the way the 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 tournament scene is now people aren't as bothered so going to five i think would be it appears to be according to twitter some welcome news for um for it so uh that'd be good i've, I've heard a few people say oh it's a shame i love six games of that but it's it's a minority i think and yeah. um, you know they 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 enjoy five games i mean for me let's just logistically it's a lot e- it's a lot better to have a five game and have more people in the come into the event than Oh. have a six game and then you know not have 20 people come in because the the time and yeah um i think as well because of the way that we're doing the agendas uh like the the uh sort of the etc style where you, you put two forward you reveal them and then that eliminates your points you don't need that many rounds mm. to get a true winner no. um so so i mean basically i'm using the the same pack that we had at face hammer really um and we're just sort of building on there because of the handbook basically warhammer out the box to use a better term is pretty good um mm. you know gw faq in and, and doing stuff when there's a problem we don't really need to do that anymore so running the event from a rules right point of view like right in the pack and everything's a lot simpler mm. it almost feels too simple you know you think like yeah. am i missing something here That's um but yeah i think um this year we've got some soft scoring into the into your sort of finishing but it's uh it's points that everyone's basically able to get really yeah 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 definitely definitely um, and i think uh it's a it's always a balance because as as people that we said we've been competitive gamers we've always been keen on the hobby side is i think you still need some element uh of, of hobby 
even if it's minimum standard score, you know, it, it needs to be there. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be good. And it'd be interesting to see. Um, I see Steve Foot has had an absence for a couple of years, and we spoke about Steve earlier, but he had some, uh, he's always had a massive impact of up in the ante for Coolest Army. Um, and him, uh, Matt from the Pro Paint Studios, who's supporting us as well, uh, he has brought that standard up as well, and there's a couple of others. And um, as a result, I think it's going to be uh, game on, isn't it, for, for April this year? Both of them yeah. attended. I think there's a, a small group of them competing for the. Um, I think Paul Buckler as well. Uh, some of the Dorset guys are gonna. They're really going all out for this uh, coolest army, and I'd really like to see what what they're going to come up with. I mean, I saw Steve at Blood and Glory dressed up as a, a warlock engineer, which is absolutely amazing. His outfit. <laughs> I was just like, that's incredible. Um, so I, I mean, honestly, like, I love it. I love that sort of level of hobby um, and what Steve brings. It's just that like, energy, that different that type of energy and even even like Ben Johnson coming up with his like theme boards and you know his his, his army and that and, and coming down and we have support from from Ben with the tables and the mats because that was one of the things logistically it's a bit of a nightmare for us is getting a terrain and we always used to ask players bring your own terrain and recently we I know it's always a thing that people said oh I have to bring my own terrain and we always went we'd love to sort that out but it logistically it's a bit of a nightmare mm. yeah um, but thankfully we've been able to to sort of get some support from from Ben Curry and, and, and get the, the sort of terrain for the event so people don't have to bring their own now. So, um, But welcome to, if you want to bring some cool stuff, then feel free to bring your like themed army terrain. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we introduced the painting competition as well a few years ago. I think that's that's gone down quite well. Um, and we always get like a different, might not get loads of entries, but you sort of get a couple of top quality entries that people play for and I think it adds something to the event as well. Yeah, definitely, and it's more tro- more more trophies. Everyone likes a good trophy, don't they? So um, exactly. there's more potential to win. So um, that's always really good news. So yeah, seems like that's gone down well. So it's good to see that again. So I'm hopeful this year it's going to be uh, it's going to be another year of uh, good. I'm also from a competitive point of view, I'm interested to see because of the rate of release of books, uh, what we're going to see. Uh, you know, Zinch seem obviously fairly strong. Are we going to? I don't, can't remember on time if we see an FAQ before then or not. But um, yeah, normally gonna... two weeks after release, so we should. We should see it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, yeah, it's going to be interesting from that competitive sense. Yeah, and, and so, you know, whether or not anything will change because, you know, sometimes it's easy to knee-jerk. Um, and, you know, maybe you'll see Quadrant Armies as well. I'm quite excited to see some decent KO lists. Um, I, there's there's loads of stuff, and, and I think the, obviously, the announcement of the, uh, the, the sort of the Seraphon and the Luminef, I don't know, I don't know when they're out, but you know, we we our events in April, isn't it? So it's uh, it could depends if anything drops in March, really. But we've got a grace period of basically the weekend before. Um, you know, so we if it's not out for like a week, you can't use it basically. But mm. yeah, it'd be tight um, based on previous years. I mean, I honestly don't know. I'm not on the playtest team anymore, so I'm I really don't know what they are. But well, I'm basically... on the playtest team, and I don't know. Yeah. So release schedule isn't something we get to uh, to know really. No. So. But there's always the South Coast GT every year. There's always releases in and around that time. So it's just yeah. whether they're before or after, depending on the South Coast, isn't there? So um, it'd be interesting to see what, um, uh, you know, if, we, if we're getting books before. Because I think like off. Deepkin dropped one year and then like yep. Daughters dropped KO another year. KO, KO and Zinch, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, like, I think uh, we've had like different um, books sort of hit, hit the ground running. I think the. 
probably the biggest impacted South Coast, and, and I'm tangenting here, but um, as I often do, uh, I remember the Warriors book dropped, and um, Andy Avery took his uh, his Orc and Goblin army and basically played like five warrior armies in a row <laughs> and just Smashed like them. foot gawk them to death. Yeah. Uh, and Troll vomited his way to victory at the South Coast, and that was a very memorable podium mm. um, for me. Because that was a book at the time that was not competitive, effectively. No, it? So, no, and it was yeah. purely the nature of a hard counter to the, the book that everyone was running and the luck of the draw, and he just basically went 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 you know, went the distance and, and picked up the podium. And I think that's probably one of the... And I know it's not Age of Sigmar, but it's, it was really it was really cool. I remember that was such a buzz that, that year. Yeah, um, and we've had some interesting winners over the times. I think AOS has been an interesting one from a uh, a sense that I think we've pretty much had a different army most years, if I recall. I don't know. This is completely off off top of, off top of my head, but I know it's a bit more grey these days because you know you could have order, but you know an order could be yeah. you know whatever else. But yeah. um, you know, we saw. I mean, the first year when it was Wild West, it was um, it was a, a monster mash type list. Um, and obviously the scenarios were different back then as well, so model count was was not as important. So, you know, the, there was a monster mash list. We've had um, uh, we've had all sorts really, haven't we? We've had Stormcast. Vanguard Wing, Stormcast, yeah, Stormcast. Yeah. Um, trying to think, who won it last year? Um, yeah, I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's so memorable. many. Yeah, memorable, yeah. obviously. Memorable. Uh, uh, um, uh, but yeah, we've had we had mixed um, we had a mixed chaos win it one year, didn't we? Yeah, Alex won it. Um, there's been yeah all sorts of all sorts of lists, you know, we've had also different competitive styles, you know, the, the 27, uh, Skyfire list, you know, there's been all these different lists over the time that have been potentially quite good, but not quite made the cut in terms of the win and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's the nature of competitive Warhammer, isn't it? You can have the best list you think ever. And then, you know, it just doesn't perform in one game and that's it. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think you do, you need that, we always said it. You need the luck. You need the good play. You need the good list, and you need the draw. You know, so it's a, oh. it's almost that perfect storm to get that podium. You know, so yeah. Even more so now we've got agendas and the like involved as well because that can be yeah. quite dependent on draw, can't it? And what you got left and all the rest of it. I know Jack was. Um, it was like his bogey event, and he was really keen to win it. Oh. Um, and he wasn't last year, was it? He won it. I think he won it. He's won it twice back to back. Then I think yeah, he won probably. it with Vanguard, and then last year, but I can't think what he won it with last year. Probably Daughters uh, of Cain, I imagine. Ah, yes, it probably was Daughters of Cain last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, interesting. I just uh, quite looking forward to this year. So, just for people who are listening to this and going, "Okay, cool, well, when is it then, and what, where do I go?" Um, so, the events in April, isn't it? So, yep, yep, it is. It's the eighteenth oh. and nineteenth. Or we always say the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth because the Friday night is a really cool social open play. Yeah. Some people play, don't even play games, workshop games, but the majority of people rock up and play a bit Warhammer while they're there. Yeah, so we'll be set up from about 2, 3 o'clock-ish or something, and yep. people can turn up, play whatever they want, bar will be open, you know, and then the event really starts Saturday, and you've got the three games on the Saturday, the painting competition, two games on the Sunday, and then people go home, you know. Um, but the uh, tickets go on sale soon. 1st of February, yeah, 1st of February, about half eight. Um, there'll be more details on that. At the moment, you can sign up to a mailing list, so the best way... There's two ways to find out. Well, there's a few ways to find out about what's going on, but there's a Facebook page, which is uh, the most static place to find out what's going on. There's TGA, the um, the Warhammer Forum. Uh, that's got a post on, and obviously we spread the news out there, but on both of those, you can find sign up to a mailing list so we can just email you directly with updates and what's coming out. 
and then of course Russ and I on Twitter. So that's at Helen Hammer, and what are you, Russ? At Face Hammer. Uh, well, I'm that, I'm on that one, but I'm at Russ underscore Veal for the uh, for me personally. But yeah, I'm, mm. you can get me through Face Hammer as well if you want, which is at Face Hammer underscore. Um, I don't do the gram. Sorry, it's not my thing. Um, <laughs> so <glam>. you, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not an influencer apparently. Yeah, uh, I uh, I do do the gram, but uh, I don't really have a gram fam because I don't really go on the much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know yeah. what your grand fam is. That my grand fam, yeah. Although, yeah. although sadly, I uh, spend quite a lot of time on there for my business, and uh, I've got more followers in my geek account than I have for my business account. So. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, hey. It's more interesting than business. So. Yeah, it's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, it's cool. So this year as well, um, we're, we're basically running similar, but we a few changes. Obviously, five rounds is a big one, and, and um, we've we've enlarged the time for the round, I think, to three hours. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, so, yeah. Nice I know. One. I saw a comment from one person on Twitter. I think it was Lovo um, about what we're we'll going to do to counteract um, slow play. Uh, so basically, this this kind of thing is the same approach I take to um, face hammer. Um, and what we've done is we've increased the round times. Um, and what we do is just keep an eye on it, really. And mm. um, obviously, it's the players' responsibilities to get their games done. But if we notice anyone who's being particularly slow, they don't finish their games. Uh, what we will do is we will give them a warning, and then uh, we have the right to basically penalise anyone we think is um, is using slow play as a tactic or being consistently slow. Yeah, and it's what and we, look, we did actually apply penalties last year, didn't we? Yeah, I mean it's one of these things that's interesting. Um, I mean, uh, as I say, I played tournament Warhammer since the late nineties, and is slow play a thing? Uh, very rarely it is a thing. Um, do people deliberately do it? There is a probably a small margin of people I've encountered ever where I think that's the case, but it, it has occurred. But um, I think nine out of ten problems can be sorted by both players managing their own time. Are you deploying quick enough? How much are you chatting? How much are you going to the bar? You know, can you play your army quick enough? You know, it's all these. There's a lot of elements, and I think that yeah. um, it, and a lot of the time, just giving players more time as a TO is probably the easier way to sort this. But uh, I think you're with me on this. I can't stand the idea of chess clocks or any of these other. Um, malarkey i don't think it solves a problem for us they start, don't work but, no. they don't work in warhammer because quite frankly you're interacting in each other's turns all the time so oh. um i think it's by design as well because if you're sat there they're doing everything and you're just waiting for your go you're not engaged you know what i mean no. so it is a two-way process you know they do combat you do combat you know they cast a spell you unbind it there is a there's an interaction during each person's turn so like decisions and choices can be either player using up that time so chess clocks don't really work where you yeah. do your turn in isolation and they do their turn it doesn't work that way um i think um to be honest it's one of the hardest things and and it's very easy for people to look at at the end of a game and go well, we've only played three rounds we could have if i played four or five this could happen that could happen x and y and you know players could decide amongst them and say look it's clearly you're going to win this game so you just have the win other people might be a little bit more like, well, actually, it's not clear, and there's lots of different things that could happen, so we just have to work out as we are right now. Um, and and I think like when you're in the game, it's knowing when the round finishes. Where mm. are we? How's the ebb and flow of the game? Are we going to get it done? All right, tell the opponent that you need to speed up a little bit. Come on, we've only had this much time. You know, I mean, I think it is it is a hard thing to do. It's a hard conversation. It's almost. Um, and it's very easy to say, like, oh, can you can you hurry up a little bit? And the other person's being like, yeah, yeah. But they just carry on doing the normal thing. And it's like, oh. well, 
and it might even be that you took a long time and you're only you're not really conscious of that because you're thinking so you're not aware of the time and then they have their thinking and then you're like, oh can you be quick and you're like well actually you took a long time so yeah i think it's one of those tricky things to get right and and um i, I don't think it's done cynically um mm. by a lot of people I've seen no, it no. cynically so in the rare. past, but I yeah. mean, it's it's a minority of like oh. one in a thousand, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I think. I mean, literally over the twenty odd years I've been playing, I can name two people. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's it, you know. So. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think you know you almost get a rep for that sort of thing. And I think um, I've put it in the pack as well. You know, you've got a responsibility to make sure you finish your game. If you're slow or you take a lot of time. Take an army that's easy to use, you know, take, take an army that's quicker to play. You know, mm. w- when you write your army list, when you decide what you're going to take, this should be a factor in your decision. So if yeah. you know that you take a long time, then don't take that sort of army because you're no. not going to finish your games. And if you are well, going to take that... one. Yeah. That you don't know. Know yeah. the rules. Have mm. your gaming aids, like whether you've got your coloured dice in, in pools, you've got dice trays, you've got whatever you need to get your game done quickly that you, you know, I take like 10 green, 10 purple dice. That's 20 dice. So if I've got to roll 40 attacks, I roll it twice. I have oh. two dice trays. I roll the hits into one, take out all the misses, then roll it into the other tray, like tray to tray. So I just like oh. almost like tip the dice into each tray after I've taken out the thing. So it's a lot quicker than picking up the dice. Oh. And other things like getting your opponent to roll your dice for their saves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you just go roll those for your saves rather than, oh, oh they count out their... You've, yeah, I've done it. 38 wounds, right? Five. 10, 15, oh. 20. It's all time, you know? Yeah. Or the one, the one that makes me laugh is you've got like 50 attacks and you've got like 10 wounds or whatever. There's no way on earth in a million years you're going to survive it. Just see the hits and then don't even bother rolling the rest. But then some people, you know, it's like just trying to control that. You don't need to roll all those dice to know these guys are dying. We don't need to fight this combat. Let's just take the five dudes off. And yeah, move exactly. on, you know, the, Especially as the game gets late and it's not important. Or, you know, even to the point later... Don't fight that combat. That's not important. There's there's so many game management skills that just mean you don't. It's not a problem if you just do them. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But as you say, I think you can actually in, in if you if you know you're the problem, army uh, your own list and your own preparation are two of the biggest things you can do to stop that problem. I think the worst bit is when people don't realise they're the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about the history of. Of South Coast, but I wanted to go to a bit more specifics and things. What, what what's sort of been your memorable moments from over the years? Then what's been your um, it, aside from the, some of the more unfortunate episodes yeah. we've we've yeah. had, which I think were memorable for people in terms of uh, you know there was there was a dice cheat at one event uh, again. It's so rare. I've seen, it tw- uh, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it twice or three times over the twenty plan events. Maybe three. Um, it, it's so rare. Um, but yeah, there the was that. That's always going to be a memorable because back it was a gateway. Uh, so those of you who remember the spell, you effectively rolled an eleven or a twelve. You removed the unit, and the guy was doing it to twelve hundred points of two thousand point armies when you had a vampire with all the, most of three quarters army in one unit and stuff. And turned out he was cheating, and then he was discovered on a high table late game, um, uh, and, and the rest of it. That's always going to be memorable. But uh, I, for me, a lot of it is about is actually more about the meta and the builds. So we've had a couple of times where we've had a picture of a table, haven't we, where we've gathered, like, there was a year in 8th edition where there was Mournfang. So we had a Mournfang table. Yeah. We got all the players to bring all their Mournfang down and sort of massive charge of the, the Mournfang. Uh, we had it with when Stormcast or the Hotness and Paladins, uh, yeah. Skyborn Slayers, or whatever it was. Retributors, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we had a Retributor table and a Stardrake table and, you know, all those kind of um, those kind of meta things, I think, have been 
uh, have been cool. So, uh, you know, aside from all the amazing armies and, and the people we've seen and all the rest of it, I think the thing that sticks in my head yet is more uh, just some of the, the, the community coming together is some of the things you wouldn't see individually. Yeah. So, like, you wouldn't see that many retributors. You know, you might have seen it at Games Day back then when they decided to do some stupid size display of something. But, you know, um, you, you just don't see it that often. Um, so, yeah, those, those kind of things, I think. In the early days of that, the the, the, the event that will stick in my mind is probably the most um, over the years, over the 12 years of doing it. I think is that first AOS event where it was really it, it you know the tagline the faithful everyone had the t-shirts there was a community hashtag um, and there was still this there was this real feeling in the community that you know this is a new community and uh, although I had a lot of people there and um, so yeah just had a had a good feel to it and then and people turned up with you know their own scenery their own boards there was just a real good the quality of the armies that were coming mm. in was starting to be really good and they just uh, for me it was the first glimpse of what would become what we see now which is actually pretty good you know so yeah yeah that, that would be i mine. think for me that that was um i i would like to think it was like a i'm, I'm gonna be really cheesy now like a castellan's lantern you know like yeah, yeah. In well, the dark. Picture, wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah yeah basically like showing that this hobby is relevant this competitive play is relevant and there is a hunger for it and people want it and and you know credit to and whether or not there was other factors and, you know, I don't know, but I like to oh. think that we had a part to play in games workshop going, no, we need, we need to, we need to do something with these guys. You know, we need to, we need to support competitive play. Oh. And, um, for me, that was, uh, that was fantastic. I think, um, I've had so many good memories, but some of the stuff, even some of the silliness, like, uh, you know, the, the car park, um, uh, what was it? Like uh punch bowl, Whatever it was, punch fountain. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah uh, some, oh yeah, where uh, some um, some random local youths started a fight in a car park. <laughs> well, fireworks. Someone set fireworks yeah. off, wasn't there? But not that uh, wasn't that wasn't the thing. It was just the fact that they had like someone in the back of their car had a had a punch bowl fountain in the back of their boot of their car, and they were <laughs> and you just like yeah. and then you had like um, I remember like uh, Diesel going out into the wilderness and. And getting like lost somewhere, or oh, yeah. well, he got rescued because he was in the middle of the road, yeah, passed out drunk. Yeah, yeah. There, there has been some funny moments like that from and the actual players. Yeah, the black son uh, from the heyday turning up with uh, in the fancy dress from the charity shop, <laughs> yeah. and and drinking like crunk, which was like a drink that later got banned because of the alcohol content. Yeah, and um, that kind of shenanigan craziness. But it was never like it was never like over the top. And it never impacted other people's enjoyment in a negative way. And no. I think that although there has been some like drunken shenanigans and that the people at the event um, has never impacted other people or, or there's never been any like real problems like that. No, it's been after hours, effectively. It hasn't been on the gaming tables, no, has it? No, exactly. And I think as well, like people have been able to let loose like that without ruining the atmosphere and the enjoyment for people who just want to go and play games and not and they're not into that, you know, and that's... Mm. fine and i think you know having like the um one of the things i really look forward to is that it's like i get to obviously like i haven't i used to play wow with with you and and your brothers and that and i get to see like mike might pop in or jim pops in and i get to like you know get shit talked by becky and and you know like Weezer <laughs> might be there and stuff so for mm. me it's like it's quite nice because i get that it's i get to see everyone and 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 it's quite funny to see the uh the bar wenches, as we like to call them, you know, yep. very PC. And I think that's going around. That's the other bit. 
Well, no, but that's the other bit of the event that I think people don't really realise is the tournament, or the, the tournament organised part, part of it. You know, with the couple of people you mentioned there, you know, my sister, my sister-in-law, my mum, uh, every year for the entire year we've been there, they've been there. And they actually look forward to it. The, you know, especially Becky, I think she looks forward to it all year round. It's her weekends to, um, uh, you know, come and flirt with a lot of dudes and, um, and, 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 have a, and just have some banter and some laughs and stuff. So, um, yeah, and that that's all credit to the people that come to that event that they look forward to every year you know if it was just mm. a the stereotype of the that geeks have i don't think that would really be the case so um yeah credit to all the players really yeah exactly and um i still i think my favorite south coast was probably 2012 um mm. i think um and that was i think the year that the point hammered guys come down yeah and I, I know that tomlin's got hashtag sgt 2012 tattooed on his leg and i'm just i mean if anything it's just the height of flattery isn't it that you know yeah people who've traveled from overseas come over and done all this crazy stuff and, and actually the other thing probably should mention is obviously when the competitive play started up with games workshop the general's handbook and the warhammer tv started and we had yeah. uh the warlord event i think it was in september or august the, the year before oh. and then i think we were the first independent to get TV coverage? Yeah, so it's actually what happened was they came to us before any... We were the first independent event ever to be covered by Games Workshop. So what happened was Warhammer TV didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So we had... We uh, paid for a roving reporter to be there and passed on information and photos to uh, Andy Smiley, who's the, the head of, you know, um, well, what is now Warhammer TV media and all the, all the other things that go with it. And uh, he would he would do it. And it was so cool. The One of the cool things is... The winning list at the time, the monster match. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you could you could buy it on the Games Workshop site the next day in a bundle, which was the coolest thing ever. You know, you could see South Coast GT. This guy's won it. Go buy his army. You know. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> uh, was awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and and that was because the Warhammer community site at the time had only just been born, um, and it was the, that real infancy of, of what goes on. And of course now they're fantastic. They'll turn up at your event, and you know, it's a, if you're a certain size and, and things, and cover it with with their people. People can really be. Um, see this stuff going on live. It's fantastic. No, I still love the fact that um, doing commentary on Table One with Warhammer TV at South Coast was like a real highlight for me. It was just like, yeah, this is you know, go back to when we first started doing this. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd be sat yeah. broadcasting on yep. the official GW channel, like mm. you know, Age of Sigmar at my at the event that we run, and I, I that was a real like. That was a real kick for me. I really enjoyed that. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've we've been very very privileged uh, to have uh, had some involvement with Games Workshop with this. And you know, I always think if tomorrow, for whatever reason, I stopped doing the hobby, I'd feel not like I completed it, but you know, like I had the experience of most things. You know, I've got a picture of me playing Jervis Johnson in the um, you know, in the in the boardroom. <laughs> you were so that was so funny that game. And, uh, you know, I've got I've got my name in one of the generals, uh, you know, the first general's handbook, and uh, I've got you know a uh, black library book with a dedication in it to me, and this kind of stuff. And like, you know, you think um, they're just awesome things to, uh, uh, you know, they're the smallest things um, from their point of view, probably. But for me as a fanboy, they're they're awesome, you know. So you know, and and you and I have both done it. We both played for our country, um, playing this game. You know, I've captained twice uh, at the ETC and things, and uh, you know, it, you just you, this plethora of um, experiences that tournament competitive Warhammer has brought around has, has been fantastic. So, uh, yeah, more, and uh, it's available to everyone, isn't it? You know, just go out and play. Exactly. And I, uh, I think, um, 
how inclusive it is and how accessible it is. And I'd say it's probably something we should touch on, really, is that we always encourage people to come to the South Coast for their first event. Um, if they've never done competitive play and they're worried and all this, but we'll say, you're welcome. Just let us know you're you're a noob. Not in those words, because, you know, but, you know, if you're like, you if you're like, yeah. Yeah, if you're like, I've never done a tournament before, you know, I've got some questions, just talk to us, you know, we'll, we'll let you know and, and we'll, we can, you can talk to us on the weekend and, you know, we'll try and be as helpful as possible. And most players are fairly, you know, everyone's decent. You know, you'll have a good yeah. time. And it's not about winning and losing. It's about it's about turning up, rolling some dice, meeting some people who share a common interest, and chatting hobby and seeing some really inspiring armies and uh, and hobby on display and getting some top tips on gaming, but also on painting. Uh, it's great. And I'd say if you'd never gone to an event before, be really pleased if you chose to come to South Coast as your first competitive event. So uh, we would love to have Definitely. you. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, you and I have just reflected back on, you know, years of, of playing these events and things, but we all obviously started off um, for the first time at some point taking that plunge to do a tournament. And, you know, we talked about some of the, uh, touched on some of the more very rare, it should be said, sinister things that people talk about with, with tournaments. But nine nine times out of ten, you're just not going to um, come to that. And if you come with the right mindset of just being there to enjoy and learn, because inevitably you're not going to be as good as you think you are, but you're just not. Yeah. Um, uh, you'll have a great time and it'll be something that you want to do for you'll get the bug and you'll do it it's rare you see people do tournaments and they never do tournaments again like it just doesn't happen very often um and uh, as a result south coast if you're gonna if you're gonna take the plunge is a good one to do because there's loads of people that as i say only don't do competitive warhammer but come to play that one event a year just for the to, to play in an event so um you, you'll find your level during that event and you'll find there's plenty of like-minded people there regardless of whether you want to crush someone with your bent zent army or whether you want to um play on the bottom tables with i don't know i don't know what's bottom table worthy these days could be anything difficult to know really isn't it it <laughs> yeah. could change in two um, weeks so it doesn't matter does yeah. it so, <laughs> exactly. um, might not be zench by then you're gonna say iron jaws and you realize they're good now right that's, uh, yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah uh, i was gonna say bum around your mid table of iron jaws but they were pretty good the last time i played them. Yeah, i actually yeah. lost the game to them uh, so uh, yeah i've got my army on um, the go i'll tell you i love can't wait yeah, to get oh, those on the table oh i've played them a lot uh, recently and they're, they're, they're i think they're feisty i think actually that whole auric book is fantastic oh it's an amazing battle tome that that yeah. battle tome is 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 fantastic. Is right. I think it, it's knocked out of the park in so many levels. Um, yeah, and, I'd um, argue actually it's probably the best all round book out. Not mm. necess- not in power, not in power, mm. but just in you know in terms of like just coolness, fluff, options, stuff you can do, and all the rest of it. I yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, not in not in competitive sense, but just. Well, I don't a, know, yeah. like Big War, it was it's it was been up there. It's it's one events, yeah. it's podiumed. I think I think Big War's yeah, podiumed. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's good. I mean, the the even the the More Tribe book's pretty good. You know, I mean, mm. that has its yeah, own yeah. stuck. Um, yeah. But I think, um, yeah, like I say, with South Coast, um, we love that people still come and support us, and we just sort of say thank you to everyone who's been come to our event in the past who's contributed who's helped out who's told their friends about it you know obviously to everyone else gw and everything like that so um uh, you know there's so many people it's hard to mention everything but i you know i just say come and be part of the be part of it and, and you'll be part of the legacy that you know hopefully we can continue doing it for many years and there'll be more stories added you know i'm uh i'm really looking forward to this year i think it's gonna be great yeah it will be it will be so definitely come along so um is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh we wrap up 
Anything no, new? that's it. I just encourage anybody that hasn't taken the plunge and is listening to this maybe for uh, as a uh, you know hasn't had the toe in yet, or they've just been uh, stealth listening to you guys talk about tournament warhammer because they like it to to make that make that leap because uh, it's, you know it's where we started and um, still play these things now um, and, and still enjoy them. So and and there's people that play longer than me on the scene that that still in, enjoy them from those really early tournaments and. Um, yeah, we'll never look back. So, yeah, just make sure you do that. And, uh, of course, thanks for having me. I like the sound of my own voice. No, I don't. No, <laughs> I don't but, that's fine, though. Uh, it's good. It feels weird because we've known each other for so long. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be doing Tournament Warhammer if I hadn't met you, basically. So Yeah, it's a weird way. It works, isn't it? And I think um, it's this is, the, this is the beautiful thing about competitive Warhammer. Because if we're all idiots and no one liked anybody, then... Um, there wouldn't be all these friendships that are made over the uh, over the competitive gaming tables. So there you go. Exactly. So uh, yeah, hopefully um, we'll see you there in April at, at South Coast, and uh, we'll obviously put details of the pack and how to get tickets and all that shenanigans on the on the website. And I'll uh, obviously do some tweeting of the uh, rules pack when it's out and uh, some details. Um, but hopefully we can we can get you know up to the numbers we had in the past and. and um, People come along and support us, and uh, we can make the event great for everyone. So, hopefully, it'll be nice and sunny as well, which is always a definitely. Oh, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Disclaimer: Sometimes it's not. Yeah, we can't actually <laughs> control the weather before. No, no, but you know. the majority of the time, it's a lovely sunny day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for coming on anyway, and and maybe I'll get you on again in the future when you when you've done a new army or something. Or yeah, no know. worries. Uh, but thanks for coming on, and uh, you know, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, yeah, speak to you soon. See you later. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>